Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. Uh, I'm H.A. Conrad, along here with my intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin. Shout out to our intrepid sound person, Bill Wadman, um, <laughs> who is helping us with some te- technical difficulties today, or me, rather. Anyway. Well, howdy, hey. Hi there, H.A. Conrad. Hi. I'm definitely feeling better since last weekend, so voice has recovered a little bit. Uh, got through the Halloween festivities. Um you know, and uh, here to chat about uh, the next few episodes um, of yeah. Zop 100 Bucket List. And I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but uh, I have mm-hmm. some thoughts. Yeah, um, thoughts, thoughts are happening. We, we did another three episodes and we got four left. Yep. Um, but before we get into that, we do have a couple of little like news tidbits and, you know, there has been, a you know, we, we as everybody knows, there's been a little bit of a dearth of, of sort of uh movies and things that have been announced for coming out in part because of the 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 screen actors guild and the writers I mean it's got there's so many reasons by this point it's like the collapse of the streaming model yeah the writers yeah, guild the writers guild strike the sag after strike the UAW strike although that probably has less to do with it um you never strikes. know um but in any case we were really psyched to see that there's like a couple of um couple of new announcements um in addition to the ones we talked about last week so um there is a new film that's set in western australia starring uh daisy ridley who some of everybody may know from the, some the... of everybody may know i think most people know who she is don't you think I, I mean at this point other than people who are like uh really hatred have a strong hatred of star wars yeah. So anyway, Daisy Ridley's in this, um, and this is a Zach Hildish film, and called "We Bury the Dead," and it looks pretty good. The stills look great. the The premise is that you know she's searching. There's like a, a an incident or incidents, and she sort of joins this body recovery operation to find um, her husband and. Uh, and zombies ensue. Um, but I'm excited to see this. Um, I didn't see um, a release date for this. Did you, Stuart? No. And I also didn't see stills, which I am curious to see. Oh, there were stills up on um, the uh, Instas. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, or maybe like it was just the uh, whatever, the artwork for it. But anyway, it looks cool. It looks like an interesting thing. Um um, yeah, because it hasn't even sent into production, so these must have just been the artwork for it. But um, it I don't know how long it will be because it's February 2024 is when they're apparently going to start filming, yeah. which probably is in line with some of the things with the Screen Actors Guild and mm-hmm. things like that happening. I'm no, curious where this photo of her holding a rifle next to a river is from. Right. Then. So I thought that that was part of it, but maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, but um, in it, maybe that was just how she got the job. I don't know. <laughs> she yeah. looks, she looks good. She looks like she could do it. Um, anyway, um, looking forward to to seeing that whenever it comes out. Um, and then you saw there there was another uh, announcement, another Zomedy, um, and that's uh, by Buffalo Eight, the production studio or the distribution company, yep. um, and that's actually coming out pretty soon, right? It's I, it may already be oh no in theaters November tenth which is the next week and then video VOD I think almost immediately afterward. This mm. is uh, 
a cast of people who I should know but don't. I've seen a lot of these shows. Uh, Mike Castle, who's been in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oliver Cooper from Project X. I don't know that. Taylor Blackwell from Resident Alien, which is an amazing show. Danny Mondello from Side Talk. And of course, Chris Parnell has a at least a cameo as a news anchor. Uh, and it's set in L.A. in the 90s. And there is a trailer on YouTube. Uh, so if you just plug in as we know it into YouTube, I'm sure you'll find the trailer. Pam Greer, who I think is dead, right? Didn't she die? Pam Greer? I don't think she did. Did she die? Did Pam Greer die or not die? This is the question. Oh, she died. I could have sworn she died that. last year. You might be right. I uh, might be wrong. I might be behind the times. Maybe she's... She's still alive. <laughs> she's still alive. That. You guys would have remembered what that. What the hell? Okay. I don't usually uh, ascribe death to people, but when I do, <laughs> I, I do it real bad. Oh my All goodness. Right. Okay, well, card attack averted for me, but like um Hungry, still very much alive, also has a cameo, I think is the guy's next door neighbor. But mm-hmm. it's about a a guy with writer's block, a zombie apocalypse breaks out and then uh, at least his friend and his girl ex-girlfriend come over to check on him, I think is kind of the setup for this plot. And then um you know, we'll we'll find out what happens after that. From the trailer, the effects look you know, earnest, but not great. Oh, they don't say. look great. I mean, I think they're kind of leaning into the, the kitschiness of this, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean Chris it- Parnell, you don't bring him in for, for a serious project. No. So uh, it's going to be, I think it'll have some laughs and it'll have some young actors who might, you know, we might see more of in the future. So it's probably worth a look as we know it releasing in theaters on the 10th and then VOD shortly afterwards. Right. And then you've been watching the show and I have not seen this yet. So did you want to spoil the heck out of this for people? Yeah, here's our spoiler tag ahead of it. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Star Wars show Ahsoka. This is not like new news. I think these episodes aired in, I want to say, September on Disney Plus. But um, the story Ahsoka, which I think is mostly like the brainchild of Dave Filoni, who was the creator and writer of a lot of the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Um, it, it it features... So here's where the spoilery stuff comes in. This is like some of the late, middle to late uh, plot stuff and, and a reveal from later in the, in the six-episode season of the first season of Ahsoka. Um, it deals with some witches of the of Dathomir, who, um, although they're not on Dathomir when we encounter them. But if if you've seen a lot of Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, these witches, they're force, they're another force sensitive, like, I don't know, culture, I guess, in addition to Sith and Jedi, but they tend to be a little bit evil in their in their vibe. Mm-hmm partially because they kind of dabble in necromancy or at least that they you know not only do they fight with the force some of them anyway they also can raise the dead and they do they've done this on clone wars they've raised like ghosts or undead um like reanimated corpses of their fallen sisters and they're i think they're all women although they there was there was some sort of subplot about them having zabrax like uh, darth maul be their um their fighting force. Either way, it gets really complicated. And, and, and there's like hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Clone Wars and then another hundred or so of Rebel, of Star Wars Rebels. So there's so much lore here. But I think Dave Filoni really enjoys the the story of these like necromancer sis- um, night sisters from Dathomir. 
So in Ahsoka, we are introduced to three, uh, I forget what they're called, like high sisters or grand grand matrons or something along these lines, like big, big time Dathomir witches. And they have hooked up with an exiled Imperial general or admiral named Thrawn, who is um, a well-known guy in the expanded universe of Star Wars. He was first introduced, I think, in the novels of the expanded universe way back in the day and then was fleshed out by Dave Filoni in Star Wars Rebels. And uh, so the Thrawn is hooked up with some Dathomiri sisters. He's kind of in exile. He doesn't have access to the Empire. The Empire has actually fallen in the pl- in the main plot. Uh, but he still has he had like a, a few battalions or whatever of, of stormtroopers and a, um, a star destroyer with him. And in hooking up with these Dathomiri sisters in one of the final one or two episodes of the season, we find out that he's also been maintaining his fighting forces by having them reanimated by the by mm. the Night Sisters. So there's actually a fight scene uh, that with a really cool reveal and it's. It's not really scary, uh, I think, because uh, they try to keep the rating fairly benign for the Star Wars stuff. They want like I think PG thirteen is about as hardcore as they ever want to go. But uh, like a stormtrooper's helmet gets broken, and underneath are like snapping, um, snapping jaws. And they they also have a scene of a bunch of Jedi like w- wiping out a, a squadron or so of stormtroopers, and then a minute later they they get back up and start fighting mm-hmm. again. Uh, so it's not it's not exact it's not like exactly the Star Wars zombie stuff that I want. The first novel I read about this was called Red Harvest, and it's set in the pre-Republic days when it was like the Sith Empire. And then the next one is called Death Troopers, and I think that one has Han Solo and Chewbacca in it. Um, so there there is like a good literal literature-based zombie history in Star Wars, and um, and then also in the cartoons and now ahsoka live action with the death of miri zombies but i just think uh it's i think it's cool and i hope that they do something else with it um and i think that you should uh read red harvest at the very least ha this is like the death of miri version of that it's still cool it's still like there's some zombie stuff going on but these are way more of the um occult version mm-hmm. whereas the sith uh novels are more of the um it'll spread it'll like disease version that I think you and I are a little more partial to. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like you and I, there were some hints that they were going to do this. Um, there was even like a, I feel like it was a quick still of the, the stormtrooper helmet or something like that, that, or there was something yeah. that you implied there, they were going to do this. So there was I, a, a helmet in, in another show. Was it the Mandalorian that had some scratches yeah, on the helmet? Right. Yeah. yeah we we talked I about think. that, but that I don't think it was related, but it might've been a clue. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, I will have to check it out. Um, but it sounds pretty cool. Um, so I'm 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 going to have to have to do that. I guess I have some things to catch up on in the Star Wars universe. Ahsoka, but- I mean, there are always haters for Star Wars because it has a super toxic fan base. But I think Ahsoka was a really good show. So um, the problem is, is that if you haven't watched Rebels, you there. You're going to be really confused. Yeah, not, rare, not really. They try to make it entry level, but there's a lot of backstory and they're like talking about characters who aren't there. Um, you know, so you kind of need well, you, in a way you one, need some yeah, of that. Background. One thing about the, the Star Wars universe that I always find fascinating is that like all the characters have names, even if you don't ever hear those names. <laughs> so there's like, uh, you know, so so you got to do a little bit of of legwork sometimes uh, to be to be up to speed. But 
Um, yeah. All good. I will check that out. Um, and last but not least, kind of a silly but also like questionable piece of news. Um, there is there is like this this poem commemorating this swim across Lake Kane in Florida, where people were all dressed up in um, zombie makeup and things like that. I guess it was like a zombie swim. But I have so many questions. Like they did this at night. I guess it uh, is this real? Is this like a joke? Because it seems like a really bad idea to be swimming across water in the dark in Florida for so many reasons, but also mainly because of, you know, gators. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe when they say it's a lake, it's not a it's not a big lake. Lake Kane, Florida. Where is even that? So, even so, um, I, I don't think it matters about the size of the lake. Um, they like they even found a, like a gator in Disney World, right? Um, oh, there, there are. Here's the thing, uh, Conrad. If you Google which lakes in Florida don't have gators, there's four. Right. There are four lakes, and one of them is even called Lake Placid, which makes me laugh because that is really funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So Lake Kane um, is in Orlando, I think. Um, and it's it's more. It looks man-made to me if you look at it on the maps. All right. Well, let's let's hope. That it seemed to have gone well since we didn't hear anything about gators attacking a zombie swim. But um, frankly, I definitely, I definitely would not do this. <laughs> so that's just what I would say. <laughs> yeah, like I, there, there was a really small pond um, on the golf course where I worked in Florida for for several years. It was called Gator Lake and it did have gators in it, but it was and it, people did get eaten while I lived there uh, because they fell out of their boat and then were never seen again. So this was a 1K swim um, at Lake Kane, which is north of Universal Orlando Resort, and it is a man-made lake. Um, it is a 1K open water night swim, and they have a prime, like one person who is a quote-unquote a zombie, and uh, the swimmers are like have like a little buoy that has a light in a cord, and if the cord is pulled, the light goes out, and they then become zombies. This all sounds really terrifying to me, but apparently it is for a good cause, and all of it went to charity, um, and it was to uh, raise money for swim lessons uh, for an aquatic center for people who couldn't afford the swim lessons. Um, so uh, that that's that. Um, I definitely still wouldn't participate, <laughs> but yeah. but I guess... I feel a little bit better about the fact that there are no gators in that lake. I guess we can feel better about that. All right. So now, now on to our main event, which we are talking about the the next three episodes of ZOM 100 bucket list of the dead. Um, and we're talking about episodes uh, four through six. Um, I have yeah. to say at the outset, I was, I enjoyed the first part of this series more and maybe this is kind of the weird middle and it'll get better, but um, I don't know how you felt, Stuart. And look, I'll I tell you how I felt, Conrad. Uh, how'd you feel? How'd you feel? Yeah, I felt <laughs> like the sixth episode was kind of eventually got to a place where I was interested again. But I will frankly admit that I think between episode one and episode six, and uh, that which includes two of the episodes we talked about last time, there's just not a lot here to latch onto in terms of story. Yeah, it, there's a lot of kind of retreading the same 
ideas and themes and like it's not moving it forward and yeah. um, and you know just as a heads up for anybody who isn't aware there's some i mean like misogyny in in anime is pretty rampant this is i would say mild and like the sexual sort of themes that they throw in here and the sort of uh not even sort of just the the it's misogynistic um and well, yeah we got using women, using women as props and like as yeah. this uh as as just not really humans um i think that sometimes they justify it because in this case they have this like hero woman who is you know the kind of the pixie dream girl zombie killer in this um but that doesn't really excuse how they treat the other characters um so flagging it for people who may not really want to get into that stuff but um uh I I should have remembered it. I just didn't. Um, and another, but another I, thing I'm I, just realizing is they never went back to Showtime. Like, why even introduce that? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, sorry, you, you're right. It's it is complete. Yeah, and this first episode that we have the the flight attendant of the dead, which right away I feel like probably telegraphs what they're about to do. Yep. And, and um, the the discussion that he and Kensho are having about how he can't get a girlfriend, but he wants to wine and dine a flight attendant is on his list of things to do right as a you know a conquest and it seems a little i don't know it seems a little a little flip a little shallow it's um, it's super shallow and this 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 episode includes a lot of the uh production or the elements of the story that i don't enjoy which are all these like and maybe this is just an anime thing and maybe i'm not a big enough anime fan to appreciate it but he's just losing his mind internally constantly uh and i find this kind of like it's not a great uh, mechanism for the story. Like, okay, yeah, he's got inner thoughts, but all of this, like, oh, I'm bleeding out of his eyes when Kensho oh, says I something. Well, or, I mean, that's an I, anime thing. Generally. I know, but like, it takes up a lot more time than I think it needs to. <laughs> it and does. if they had just kind of gotten through this, like this first episode, it's twenty something minutes, and really, they just get a TV out of it and nothing else. Like th this does yeah. not drive forward any element of the story or or any and, relationship. And that's kind of the thing. Um, the other thing that I will say is that I was unsuccessful in finding a translation of his list. Oh. I don't know if you were successful, Stuart, but like this, this seems to just be, I mean, I guess we know what his, his bucket list item is in this particular sense. Cause he wants to do something with the flight attendant. Um, but you know, it'd be helpful to know what his list actually is and, and what, um, what Kencho's additions to this list are, because, you know, that's that's a thing. But I, you know, I think that like the fact that they are continuing to go and, um, you know, risk their lives to do things that seem very like unimportant, like get a flat screen TV. Um, this is sort of like this continued theme. In this case, they just go and end up. It just seemed like a very to me a very much like a throwaway episode. Um, it, 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 that's what I'm saying. It like adds nothing. Yeah, and it just includes a lot of yeah this this uh, strong undercurrent or just overcurrent of of misogyny where it's really just about trying to trying to get laid in the zombie apocalypse. Which hey, there aren't a lot of storylines like that. You know why? Because it's actually like ridiculous. But so. Uh, in, in their attempt to find a, a flat screen TV, they uh, avoid a firefighter zombie who's shooting fire out of his fire hose instead of water. 
and a trucker who's eating a sandwich and has a zombie dog sitting next to him mm-hmm. and driving a truck. Like I don't know. It's like the, the absurdity sometimes is is kind of off putting. Uh, and then they end up in an underground mall and then encounter these four people, three ladies and a gentleman. And uh, they turn out to be flight attendants. So, you know, cue a lot of uh, Akira's inner monologue, not really monologue, just inner losing his mind. Yep. Um, and Kencho, uh, you know, wins uh, in quotes this like let's get laid competition uh, while Akira Talk instead- about Kencho's just um, getting naked thing all the time is really weird. I know it's probably a thing, but it's like all the time to every episode, uh, every episode. <laughs> and even when he's dressed, his shirt is open. Like it there's is, no and yeah. like, um, and that's fine. I guess I do think that the, the mechanism why they, they cover his, uh, his, his, uh, like the, his genitals and his butt with like this, um, these, these kind of like big firecracker emblems or something, which are really funny. <laughs> But that's like it's every single episode with him. Um, yeah, and honestly, sometimes the animation doesn't really work for like an- an- anatomy. No, it does not. Um, like he looks like he, they're trying to just make him look like he is extremely muscular. But uh, sometimes, and sometimes it works. But mo- sometimes it's like, wait, no, he has like four hundred abs, and maybe that's yeah, part of the he has joke. A lot of abs that can show. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, for- but Akira, <laughs> instead of instead of you know being a smooth operator like Kensho, just chugs a bottle of tequila and ends up getting sick, and uh, but then still manages to I don't know have a conversation with a woman uh, before she is killed because one of the man is had a bite and like I don't know like there's nothing to this story so I feel like you can just kind of skip to the end where all the everybody dies except for Kensho. And Akira, and they get out with a TV, and like, yep, great, that's it, that's the story. And by the way, all sorts of other supplies in there, and all they do is get the TV. So I'm really bothered by that. Well, they're not, yeah, they're definitely not even worried about food. (laughs) They're on their roof. The next episode, why are they living on the roof? I don't know. It rains in Japan. Why, like, they're playing video games on the roof with the with their new TV. But the next episode in this thing is uh, Hero of the Dead. And this is, um, you know, it's sort of related to the last episode because he had a talk with a flight attendant about his dream because her dream was, I guess, to be a flight attendant. But his dream was to be like a, a superhero. And so he has this like whole big idea that, you know, to thwart the zombies He's going to get this like one of those mesh shark suits that, you know, people can't bite through, um, which is admittedly not a terrible idea. It isn't, um, but it doesn't stop pressure. So that's the yeah. that's the one thing. And there's a, like a lot of absurdity and ridiculousness. Um, yeah, so- the, the, the monster in this, the shark with the with the dead bodies of divers inside it, it were acting as its legs and they act in concert. Yeah. And it shoots fish out of its mouth at some point. It has red eye. Like all of the, basically, it's super dumb. The, the point is, of this episode felt- is to once again, like, bounce him off of this female uh, character whose name I forget, Shinaza, Shizuka. Yep. And, uh, and then once again, get rebuffed. 
um, but also introduces this concept of him being willing to risk Kensho's life to to do, you know, quote unquote heroic things, right? Uh, which is probably not a terrible, you know, uh, concept to introduce into the show. We'll see what where it goes, but yeah, like they're they're being extreme. Both of them are being extremely flipped with with their life and survival but that doesn't feel like there are any stakes for them like the show doesn't introduce that so to have this one character saying like how dare you you know be so fast and loose with people's lives it's like well lives clearly don't matter in this universe or it doesn't feel like they do right it's i mean and i think that's where the sort of juxtaposition is a little awkward which is that you do have this character um um shizuka saying like hey, this is like real and you shouldn't risk your life or, you know, you should be um, thinking a little at a higher level. And so I do think it introduces that, but it doesn't really seem to stop the the sort of absurdity and the ridiculousness. And um, the shark with the legs felt very Scooby-Doo to me, just how it's like chasing them all around. It's like, you they know. They literally have flippers on their feet. So, it, yeah. Right. Um, but in the end, you know, there's this whole thing where, where Akira saves her and she's kind of mad that he does and finally gives her her contact information. Um, but, you know, that's that's just like kind of it. And it's like a nothing episode. Like, OK, they've driven forward his relationship with Shizuka, like, you know, mic- uh, micrometer further. Right. And then they introduce her right at the beginning, basically, mm-hmm. of the next episode anyway. So. What was the point? Like, let's just like, I feel like there's so much filler going on here Um, because then finally in RV of the dead, we get reintroduced to um, what Kozugi, who was his boss, middle management boss at the, at the exploitative company. And and finally, like that's the stakes of the whole story arc are back, you know? Right. But it also takes absurdity to yet another level. Um, there's a couple of nice moments in here and just from the animation and the there's this whole thing where uh Kencho and Akira are on the roof and because that there's no light pollution anymore, they see, you know, the universe and Akira remembers seeing the sky um from his hometown and they decide to go there. Um but before that they're like looting and they're getting getting like gold watches and things like that, and then they have this whole idea that they're going to go and get an RV to go to his hometown. And that's where, again, they run in um, um, to uh, Shizuka and she's, you know, very much like, you know, we, we have to, to pick something that makes sense. They're like very much like just being flip about everything and like, Oh no, we have to pick this crazy thing. That's like the most fun. And ultimately just, they just get a normal RV, but well, There's, because they they've taken so long, right. and they're loud, and they going back and forth zombies. and screaming at each other that the zombies have all come. Like so, in a way, yes, the show is judging them for being annoying, but and they end up in just like a real run of the mill Winnebago yeah. looking thing. There's a moment where they have uh, Shizuka, um, basically sort of falling into their game because she's like, "Oh my gosh, that's the most beautiful thing she's ever seen." Like just being like. Uh, a little bit uh, shallow about the things that she's going to pick. And then she snaps out of it. Um, But, you know, I feel like they, they try this sense of humor that is a little too um, 
it's just there's not enough stakes and you're not building the relationships enough between these characters. And you can do that in anime and you can do it really well, even in something like this that feels a little bit more Shaun of the Dead, like um, which obviously was live action. But like, you know, in Shaun of the Dead, there was a lot of comedy, but there was also relationships that you believed. Right. Um, so I don't know that they're doing the best job at doing this. Like the absurdity is a little too absurd almost. Um, and then that sort of continues into this episode. Like they, they start out on a journey out, you know, uh, to go to, uh, Akira's, uh, hometown and, you know, the, they're sort of seeing the, the wreck of Tokyo and weirdly the street, like they do have this whole conversation or this whole thing about, um, the fact that, um, like there's these little like interludes where Akira and um, Shizuka are talking and they're talking about what's happened and it gets very serious. Like he's, he's like, I can't believe the roads are clear. And she's like, Oh, the virus hit so, so quickly. And he's like a virus. And they go into like this whole thing about how this was probably a virus and um, that maybe that somebody can find a cure and like this whole thing about civilization and it's like in a blink of an eye and then we get into like the most absurd thing in this whole episode um, this is um, um, this is like their their weird thing where they run into a spike ship spike strip that like kind of injures uh, Kencho who is on a like a motorcycle and then see um, Akira's old boss, uh, Kasugi, and he's like with this group of people, I guess, former employees. Is that what we're supposed to guess? Or these are people that he's done the same thing to maybe? I think it's a combo. Yeah. But like a lot of them are all, a baseball team called the, it looks like they're called the Kosugis, but that's, yeah, I know. Right. I think they're the Kosugis and like, it's like really weird. Um, and, and it's this whole very, you know, and again, this is like the the drama and the tension for Akira where like he had been finding his freedom, seeing what the world was really like. Um, and this forces him to truly address the and I guess stand up for himself or, or figure it out on his own um, and stand up to the big bad boss. And there's like, you know. He he basically devolves into an automaton really quickly, and just that passive person that he was, and that sort of uh, like a very much like um, under the thrall of of uh, Kosugi and. But it's in it, it's all very strange. Like it's you know this is again this is like a bit of the the sort of function of this particular of anime but it's like the very dramatic interactions and over the top expressions and over the top yelling and um i don't know it's just the stakes don't feel as high as they probably are meant to and i know this is supposed to be humorous and things like that but it just felt a little bit it like felt so ridiculous it was kind of hard to watch i don't know how you felt about it I, uh, I didn't honestly, when Kosugi shows up and Akira is forced back into his shell, I was kind of like, thank goodness. Here we are. Finally, uh, real stakes something, again. right. <laughs> so, you know, like finally, you like, I don't want to see our care, our, our, our protagonist, you know, in this state, but it, at least the whole first episode was kind of devoted to this uh, abusive relationship and how, what the an impact it had on him. And, and then we've had f four episodes 
of just like ridiculousness and yeah nonsense and and uh no stakes and so finally it feels like there are stakes again and so i do feel that it was helpful to i just wish that this had been episode three instead of episode six i guess Um, i just the baseball uniforms and things like that just feel so silly to me but I, i know it's part of the thing so you know, baseball uniforms in zombie movies have a really long history. You're I going know. all the way back to Pit Cairn, whatever they were in, in Dawn of the Dead, and then the whole baseball team in Train to Busan, and I'm sure there are others that I'm not thinking of. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with, with a baseball t- I mean, these are not zombies either. These are enforcers. And for whatever reason, they're kind of scary but also then like the yeah the way that their relationship with kosagi is also revealed in this episode where he feels the need to kind of cater to them where you don't see that with uh, any of the other relationships he's had uh, before i thought that was kind of good too like i said this episode worked for me on a level i didn't feel it was super absurd i guess so uh, it kind of worked for me i just i think i don't like happy akira i think i prefer it when he He's like beat up and and sad. Although when he starts singing his stupid beer song again, I am kind of like, all right, cool, yeah. Like let's let's see a little, like let's maybe balance this all out. Yeah, and you know he was very excited about his beer, and you know that did show his, um, I guess his growth, if you want to talk about it, and and his little uh, joy with that and giving joy to like these other people. Um, he kind of forces uh, Kasigi to um, to pretend to be the nice guy and that they're doing this like whole welcome celebration or a welcome party. Um, and, you know, um, you know, so so that that's that's kind of the end of this episode is just that he's we know that there's going to be some kind of a comeuppance or some kind of a comfort confrontation. But yeah. Ka- he is like really showing showing that he feels he he has to cater to his yeah. enforcers means yeah. that Kosugi has a weak a weakness. Yep. And that yeah, that'll probably be his undoing. But um I hope you know if they if they kill off Kosugi in the next episode or two, I really hope we're not just stuck for the next three episodes after that with more absurdity and you know no stakes. I want stakes. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it to just be stupid, stupid fluff and big, large, you know, big screen TVs <laughs> and trying to get laid for the rest of the, the uh, season just doesn't feel important enough. Right. And so I think we'll, uh, we'll round it out with, and so we'll see where we get to in the next, uh, the last three episodes. Um, and, you know, hopefully it continues on this trend and doesn't devolve back into what we just saw at the last for, for episodes four and five. Um, so, um, Ooh, I, you know what? I think I found the, uh, the, the bucket list. You found the translation. I did. I did. And you know what? It's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, but this is before he becomes a zombie. So that's remember, uh, clean my room, loaf around and drink beer all day, ride a motorcycle, confess to the girl I loved. Travel around the country, pig out at a nice sushi restaurant, see an aurora, uh, I guess the aurora borealis, um, wine and dine a flight attendant, grow a cool beard. He, he does try to. He does one with a, a marker in episode 
to oh that's right okay so that but that didn't <laughs> that didn't really work out so well no um marathon some games on a widescreen tv they did that mm-hmm. stuff my face with all you can eat crabs airsoft which i don't know what that is uh, it's like I... um it's like realistic gun it's like pellet guns um skydiving get a solid gold watch so i guess that was on his list kick back in a hot spring riding in an rv go stay at home camping paint an oil painting party at a show club learn slr photography (laughs) okay so there's like a lot there's a lot here um and then there's definitely uh kencho and they have the ones so i'm gonna send this to you there we go great this is gonna make the sense of the whole rest of the series i will also read that in my free time while you're reading red harvest oh yeah because that's gonna happen <laughs> i will read it just send me the link so thank you for listening to this podcast about zombies reanimated where we talked this time about zom 100 bucket list of the dead episodes four through six um send us an email reanimated podcast at gmail.com or you can go online and find all the rest of our episodes uh, at reanimated.podbean.com. Indeed. And so until next time, ciao. All righty. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>